Welcome to The Real Deal, where God, His purposes, and His people are celebrated. I'm Rachel Inouye, bringing you encouragement through real life, people, and their stories. It's The Real Deal. Hey, let's get started. I have Rebecca Thompson with me, and you, can I first just honor you before I start asking you questions? Absolutely. Okay, so I just want to honor you that, number one, I remember meeting you. And we were both asked to pray before an event Mm -hmm. at a church, and it was for young people to worship. And I just have a heart for people who um, pray and address kind of like the spirit realm or address what's going on and just like pray out. Do you know what I mean? Instead Mm -hmm. of like, oh, God, I'm talking to you, God. And something Mm -hmm. that you said when you started, I don't remember what it was, but I'm like, oh, I love this woman. I got to know her. (laughs) And God is good to pair us together. So. If you are listening, you can't see Rebecca, but she's just a beautiful woman. She shines the light of God. She is a mama. She's a wife. She's a sister. She's a daughter. She's prophetic. She's a seer. She's a knower. She's a feeler. And she carries a lot in the kingdom. And so I just honor you. And I'm really looking forward to getting to know you even better as we talk. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you. Welcome to The Real Deal. I'm glad you're here. So um, what I want to do is just start with what I usually do for our audiences to get used to your voice. So rapid fire, as fast as you can. Don't overthink them because there's really not a right or wrong. Oh, gosh. Even though you feel like I got to be true to myself. (laughs) Pressure's on. (laughs) Rapid fire doesn't do well with me. (laughs) You can think long, too, if you want. I am a processor. Yeah, right? And you think the next day. Yeah, that's why I think God has spoken to me so much because I just, I process things and I have to be with him all the time Mm. or else my brain will just go on so many different directions because just that's how he speaks to me, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll go there in a minute because yeah. I want to. Yeah, I know, I know. Would you consider yourself an introvert, extrovert? Um, both. Okay. Coffee, tea. Coffee. Dog, cat, either, neither. Uh, cat. <laughs> You've got a big dog, though. I we'll know. Okay. I know, I know. A morning bird, night owl. Uh, night owl. Books or movies? Uh, movies. Silence or music? Music. Leaned in, laid back? Leaned in. I think you're leaned in. Yeah. Shower or bath? Shower. Would you like to be the passenger or the driver? Passenger. And do you prefer eating out or dining at home? Eating out. Okay. All right. So, Rebecca, you know that I invited you to come on The Real Deal. Yeah. And it's called The Real Deal because my dad was R.D., Richard Dean. Okay. And he just passed away about a year ago. Yeah. But he would always tell us, just be the R.D., be Mm -hmm. the real deal. And he was always asking us to be like authentically who we are and it affected me Mm. like I wanted people to be who they were I wanted people to be real so the question always is at the beginning of the podcast and then we'll go other places is there a person in your life that you knew was the real deal they were who they were they were authentic to who they were and uh, you may have more than one but pick one that rises to the top in your spirit in your head now and then how did that affect you oh wow that's a That's a really good question. I mean, all the time, because a lot of my life was in school because, you know, I grew up and I, I mean, now I have children, I'm married, but there was a teacher at this Christian school named Kent Millen Mm. and he was our Bible teacher and our philosophy teacher. And it it was hard because there was just such a weird dynamic at that school because there was a lot of faculty that just wasn't representing Christ the way they should. There was a lot of pride. There was a lot of issues. And there was this one teacher, though, that really just stood out to me. And he just Mm -hmm. exemplified who it was to be, like, a leader, a teacher to the next generation. And I feel like that's who I want to aspire to be Mm. is a, a true... Christ follower who is leading the next generation. Mm, mm. And so he just had such, he had emotion, but he didn't like just wear it on his sleeve. He could just talk to you, you know, and he could just relate to you and be there where where you were and nothing would really phase him. You know, sometimes women would, are just very emotional and we kind of just react and that's actually been something that I've been talking to God about. Like, Lord, I know I'm a woman and I want to just, I'm, I'm very emotional. I want to react. It's like who God, ma- God made me to be is to be emotional, just to feel and all mm-hmm. that. But 
I, I want to do less reacting and more just being in the moment with people and like respond re- versus react. Exactly. Thing, and yeah. And just like people will wonder what you're thinking without them knowing <laughs> whether that's good or bad. You know, he just really could just be there with you mm. and just, I don't know. He was just so gracious and he just, he was just so, I guess maybe peaceful. He was just at peace all the time. And he, um, he knew, I think what I was up to at that point in my life. Cause I was always a black sheep okay. of the family. And I was always getting in trouble at school. Not that I was in school getting in trouble, but they would know what I was doing behind the scenes. Like, you know, I had a Facebook, I had MySpace, and all the teachers knew what I was up to. And he all, he did, but okay. he just kind of, he didn't let that phase him, though. Mm. He didn't put it on his face. He didn't react to that. Um, he just was just very kind and loving. And, you know, I have his image and the way he spoke to me in my mind, but it's hard to explain, yeah. you know. But he was genuine he was, with you, or he saw you rather than yeah, your yeah. behaviors or something. Exactly. And so you try to fit it into who you are by being that person, because I can't ever be right. a Kent Millen. I want to be myself, but I want to be who that is, but being myself with the person. Yeah. And so I always just saw him, and he would... He just made faith real in some sort of way. The way he we we went through the case for Christ, and that really impacted me. Yeah, he and just the way he talked about Jesus in philosophy class and Bible class. Just I don't know. I think it was just who he was too, Mm. and he was younger as well, and so maybe he was more relatable to us. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, he just made an impact with me just because I think more so you, you just saw this dynamic with the other teachers that really impressed on me. And I actually, after I, and this is probably what I'll get into, but after I be, became clean out of, off of drugs, I reached back out to him seeing how much he oh. meant to me and how much he impacted me. I actually, that, that school I got kicked out of okay. and they experienced pretty much expelled me. Okay. He he got me back and had me speak at one of the alumni um events, which is so Very crazy. redemptive. Wow. It is. He saw the redemptive quality in me and I think sometimes as Christians we really need to see the redemptive quality in people. So when God's speaking th- to you, through you to somebody, you want to see how God sees that person. Right. So he really I think saw sees how God sees people and that just came out and then he invited me back so he was rejoicing in that yeah. you know instead yeah. of just being like oh my gosh that's so great and good for you he really made the most of every opportunity and he he saw like okay this person could be used in this way so I think you know raising up this next generation we want to see how God sees people um, we want to see you know, how they could be used, their story could be used. So even if they're walking in sin, just ask God, like, how do you see this person 10 years from now, 50? Because he knows what's going to happen. Yeah. This could be the next prophet. This could be the next apostle, you know, starting up churches. So it's such a good point. It's such a good point because we can have our fleshly thought. We can have just a regular earthly thought, but then in the kingdom, who is this person standing right before me, Lord? Who exactly. is this person? And you see it, show me it. Yes. You know, yes. that's so good. Yes. And he saw that. He did. And he believed did. there was the good, no matter what, or like, I'm going to yeah. say the beyond yeah. this phase or this stage. He saw different chapters in your life coming ahead. I think he did. And I think he didn't even realize he was doing that. Mm. So some people who are maybe operate more prophetically, they may not even realize it because right. they see something in somebody and maybe they're not realizing it. So really press into that. If you see something rising up in your spirit about somebody, you, you're like, even though they're doing all this stuff, you see this quality in them and you want to nurture that. And you may not be able to really breathe upon them in that way verbally because they may not receive Receive it. it. Yeah. Just prophetically pray into that. Like I'll be in my 
my prayer closet, which is my house. Yeah. And I'll just be pacing around. Yeah. And You're a walker when you pray. Yeah. I am. Mm-hmm. And so I'll, I'll prophesy over people, um, the way I see, the way God sees them or the way I see them, but he'll give me his eyes. And that's actually helped me to love people who have hurt me because um, that's actually how I get out of bitterness yes. is by prophesying over people's destinies. Oh, that's so good. So. And see, partnering with God and yes. he says they are rather than you being just wounded. At yes. All right, let's yeah. go back for a second. I want you to share what you feel comfortable with or what you want to tell me about okay. when you say, I've always felt like I was the black sheep mm-hmm. and or how it felt on that day going back to the school and what you remember about that. So why don't you start with the black sheep thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Did it start young? It did. Um, I would say so. Yes. I was always, my mom would say I came out kicking and screaming. (laughs) (laughs) So she always said I was pretty wound up. You know, I actually dealt with a lot of anxiety Mm. um, and I still battle it. I still struggle with it. It's something God has used to pull me close to him and to mm. war. So he's used it. Now, it doesn't define me anymore. I don't say I am, you know, I, I try to this. get, I am this. I really try to stay away from that. But I just, I, I think, too, when, you ex- when you're going through something at such a young age, there's a high calling on you. And I think Satan sees that. I think Satan can see what God is going to do or what God is doing. He's going to try to stop that at all, if at all possible. So if you're experiencing a lot of warfare, um, just know that, you know, you're highly favored. So that's how I see it at yeah. least. Yeah. So I just felt like, you know, I just didn't feel that way though. Um, I didn't feel like I was anything. I felt like I was always different mm. just the way I was. And were you, you know, teased? I was yeah, or I would did you say just was, feel different? You know what I'm asking? Um, yeah, like externally or there, internally? Yeah, you felt because it. I would do these weird little quirks with my anxiety. Mm. You know, I would pull out my hair. I would um, do these weird spasms, and it was all very spiritual. Looking back at it, mm. and I didn't tell anybody. It would always be like maybe in my house it was going on. I have no idea. It would be just kind of. behind closed doors and not really I mean I think I could turn it on and off when I wanted to um but my parents saw it you know they they saw everything pretty young age pretty young age yeah I mean I started picking my nails when I was three and then other hair and when I was like nine and then doing this I won't do it but like it, it was this thing that I that that helped me release anxiety when okay. I was around that same age, nine, eight or nine. And I think as a parent now, I would, if my daughter was doing that, I would be, I would be really freaking out. Now I know that I have weapons of warfare. Mm. So I think it's really important for the body to um, understand warfare. So that's a side note. Yeah. But um, I didn't understand warfare. Um, mm. I tell my children now who experience stuff like how to battle. Um, so I didn't know how to do that. Yeah. It, the churches weren't really like they were teaching that, teaching or, that, or they even were not, exposing it. They weren't exposing it yeah. at all. And so I think it was just a symptom of that. So I didn't know how to deal with it. And I don't even know what I was, what my parents were doing at that point. But, oh, well, my mom did um, pull me out of elementary school okay. because I was asking some I had this pull to toward. I was gravi- I was always gravitating towards like worldly stuff. Like yeah. if a kid said something like a sexual innuendo, yeah. I would ask a question about that. Mm-hmm. Like I would pick it up right away, yeah. and I would really want to know about it. Okay, and so so like a curiosity, but like in a yeah, yeah, in yes. But my mom would say like I just had this pull to okay. like. Okay kind of want to be with that crowd mm-hmm. of people too that were doing walk, like walk on the wild side exactly um and so because when you want to be popular even mm. in elementary school you find yourself in maybe not so good a crowd mm. and i always wanted to be seen i always wanted to be noticed i always wanted to be popular that's been always my that well not really now but before it was, a driving it was like before. a driving yeah. force and um so she, my mom pulled me out to try to be with me more, mm-hmm. and she homeschooled my sister and I for about f- three years, and I fought her so much. <laughs> I was so mean to her, and I I feel bad now, but 
we were just like fire and ice. And I'm a lot like her in many ways, more than I, maybe I just didn't like that about me. And Mm. I, you know, I pushed away from that. And so, so then I begged her to, to, to go back to school, to go back to actually public school at that point. And she, and she was just like, fine. So I went back to public school in seventh grade and it was just not good. You know, people were very mean to the new girls. So I was Mm. bullied. I was all, you name it. And I just cried all the time. And then I, then I asked my mom to send me to this Christian school because my next door neighbor was talking about it. And it, it really like resonated with me at the time because he was just talking it up. He was like, you really like it. And I go there and I love it. And so I was like, all right, mom and dad, can I go to Heritage Christian School? And they were like, okay, that's, that's, you know, that sounds great. And um, I, I ended up going there and loving it. Um, It was, it was a really good experience for the first couple years, especially um, made a lot of good friends. Mm. And not really, at this point, like, I was on and off with God, um, not doing anything terrible, but nothing was really, I, it, was, it wasn't getting deep. Like, mm. the Word of God wasn't really, it was getting to my heart in many, in some ways, but it wasn't going deep enough. And, um, you know, I'd go on retreats and stuff. That's when I would really um, experience more of the presence of God during those times. Um, but you know, when I would go to church or like even school, like it was just kind of, kind of dead and I just didn't know what to do with it. So, um, with my faith and lo and behold, I started getting into more of like even the not so good, like rebellious crowds and other circles and other schools. So I would hang out with other people in other schools and even at the school I was attending, the Christian school, I just started gravitating more and more into that kind of, that kind of circle. Like, I just wanted to know what it's like to, uh-huh. I wanted to know what it was like to get drunk. I wanted to know what it's like to get high. Um, you know, so I... Were you attracted to the guys, too? So yes. Much? Okay. I th- there was a lot. And I think that was my biggest stronghold, to be honest, was men. Okay. And so it was just kind of a whole... It was the supersized combo kind of yeah, as a kid. Y- yes. So then I ended up, you know, drinking at age 15, I think, and then smoking at age 16. And then I started to party a lot. And then I started dating a guy. And this this changed my whole trajectory is when I started dating this guy when I was 17. So... 17 years old, I started dating a guy, and I, a few months in, find out he's doing Oxycontins. Okay. And I was just like, that was just not ever in my headspace. Like, I never would have imagined um, anybody I'm associating with doing, like, pills and, yeah. like, um, sniffing them. Like, yeah. I, I kind of just imagined, like, having fun and whatever recreational drug use being like weed or like drinking yeah. Yeah. or whatever. That to me was just so far from my thinking. So when I was faced with this, I was kind of, I was shocked. I was upset, but then I still, I still dated him. Did he offer and, you stuff right away or you just knew he was doing um, it? I, or can you remember? I can't really remember to be honest. I just remember there was a time where Because he was very, when he couldn't get his fix, he would get really angry. And he would withdraw. Mm -hmm. He would withdraw. And I always wondered what was, why was this drug so amazing that he would want this so bad, even though he was getting sick. I was like, what's, what's up with this drug? So I wanted to know. Um, I'm just so curious, right? So one day I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to try it. I won't even think about it. And his cousin offered it to me and I did it. And I was like, oh, okay, no big deal, whatever. I didn't get, I don't think it super high or anything. So I think I tried it again and then it just kind of spiraled yeah, into yeah. this full blown thing. And I was doing it all the time. I was snorting oxys and 
I was getting withdrawals from them and I was, you know, spending my whole paycheck on Oxycontins. I mean, there was, I mean, just for one pill, it could have been like $80, you know, and that would have lasted you. You could probably make it last for two days, you know, cut in half or whatever. I know I'm getting kind of um, graphic, but that's exactly what happened. Yeah, you start I've, to measure your Yeah, you're trying to make to it continue. like, yeah, exactly. So, um, and I was working at a restaurant, so there wasn't like much I could do with the money I had. And I was p- paying for his stuff. I was, I mean, he, if, if he couldn't get it from me and I refused to pay, you know, buy it for him, he'd get violent. Um, he, he did hit me. He did touch me in, in those kinds of ways. So um, it was definitely a very um, toxic relationship um, that lasted for far too long, for about three years. And so he, so that was our, our life. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's it's getting to the point for him that he's starting to do heroin. And I, and um, I don't know how I found that out or whether it was just kind of like, just kind of flowed into that just naturally. Cause normally, not normally, but a lot of the time, you know, when you, when you're doing oxys many times you can go into heroin because it just gets too expensive. The, the high just isn't as great anymore. It's not doing what it needs to do. It just isn't feasible. So, um, he started doing heroin overdosed and he almost died. And, you know, I was, were you with him? I I was not with him. And at that point, I was like on and off trying to get clean too. So mm. he's not, he's not, he's in and out of jail. But if you want to, I guess he was getting clean kind of in jail, but he was always in and out of jail. I never went to jail. I should have, but I never did. And, but I was in and out of like outpatient rehab. Yeah. So I never did anything that was substantial for me. And then one day, you know, everything is so hazy, honestly, but one day I just found myself shooting up and that was the start of just the what some of the darkest days of my life. I started working at this strip club and I wasn't stripping, but I was, you know, doing other things and I just found myself thinking to myself like what am I doing? Like I would be throwing up. I felt so bad. Like I had this, it was like God was speaking to me throughout wow. all of this. Like I would feel awful. Like I would feel convicted throughout all of this. I would have these moments of deep conviction. I would look at my checks and, and even say to myself, this isn't mine. This is God's. Wow. <laughs> and I was Becca. a full blown drug addict. I had needles in my purse yeah. and spoons and all that. So there, there was this like duplicity. Calling. There was this part yes. and there was this part. Yes. Yes. Like I knew, and it was like God calling me, God calling me. And wow. I, but I didn't know like what it would do f- from then until now. Like I would have, I would have laughed at you if you, if people told me what I was going to do now, but <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Because I was dating him. I was stuck in the relationship. I was addicted to the relationship. That was my addiction. Honestly, mm. was the, was the relationship and it was all sex based. I mean, it was, yep. that is exactly, um, I think that was what was pulling me in. And that's how the, the devil grabbed me was through that. And so one day I was working, I was actually pretty functional as a a drug addict. I was keeping a job. I was working my way up. I was working at Bartolotta's at the time. And, um, I, I just remember getting a call from, I think his sister saying that he wasn't responding. He had overdosed and, um, and then, of course, I find out that he actually passed away. So he died. And I was dating him for, I think, three years at that time. And I was just, I remember being at the restaurant and just like, I was in so much agony, so much pain. I was sure. crying on the floor. Um, I remember my mom picking me up and she took me back. Um, I don't know where actually she took me. I think maybe back home. And then I went to his house 
and then the cops. Were you living at home during this time, or I were you old enough to be gone somewhere, and I so, don't know about it? I was living there, but I was spending a lot of my time at my boyfriend's yeah. house. So much of the time was spent at his house, yeah. but I was, you know, going back and forth, which my parents were not happy about. Um, and so I just, I, yeah, it was a very scary time. It was very, I mean, my whole world was ripped apart from me and I wanted to die. And I got some heroin and I tried to overdose. It didn't work. Mm. And people would say, how could you ever do heroin after he, you know, took heroin and died? And you just aren't thinking at that point. You're just, uh, that's all you're, you're thinking about is how to mask, how to get rid of the pain. And not only that, I wanted, you're not thinking clearly. I wanted to be where he was. Like, it was just so Mm. backwards. Yes. Yes. So, so I had nothing to live for at this point. And... I was out of money. I used up that heroin and then I started not able to, I couldn't get it. Like the guy didn't show up to get me some more and I didn't have any money. I was, I wasn't going back to my job. I knew I couldn't go back to my job grieving like this. So I'm like, and my mom was, she told me you are either going to teen challenge or you cannot live in my house anymore. Well, both my parents said that and teen challenge is a faith-based rehab. Right. Um, faith-based rehab center that's inpatient and it's a year long and um if you complete the program and i was like okay i'm i'm going to teen challenge <laughs> so i withdrawed in my home took about a week um cold, wow, cold really? turkey really? didn't have anything it was it wow. was very brutal before going um, to teen cha- challenge you yeah because you have to be detoxed before you go in okay so, so then I go in and the first day I'm there, there's these, uh, these, these African-American women there and they were, they go there once a month to minister to the women there. And I don't know exactly what they would do, but at, when I was there, um, they were praying for us and we were in the circle and I just got in and I'm just crying. You know, I'm a mess. I just lost my boyfriend a week ago. And, um, the woman is going around praying for us and she just puts her hand on me and I just feel like the power of God come over me. The, for the first time in my life, I have, I've experienced, I experienced this and I felt all this stuff coming off of me. And all this, like, weight, like, wow. it was, like, physical. It just, like, left me, and I was just weeping. I was just, like, bawling my eyes out, and I never had experienced that before. And then... That's, that's day same, one. That was day one, and it was just... It was a... Because I was there for seven months, actually. Every day, I hadn't witnessed something like that mm-hmm. before, even... Well, at other churches we would go to, but I could say for certain, like that, that was like definitely handpicked, like oh, yes. ordained, yes, um, for yes. me to be there at that point. Yes. Um, and so that week, and this is where I I started to experience that God was real and that Satan was real because God had done that for me yes. in such a tangible way, and then. So it was a, it was about that same week I was sleeping and I got woken up to this voice. It was like, like a real voice and it was really scary. It was like a, like a, like an evil voice. I don't know how to explain yeah. it. Deep, and low, scratchy. It was all of that. Was it was evil. It was like horse. Yeah, it was, it was just not of this world, I will say. And, um, do you remember what was said? Or was it your name? You no, know, it was almost like in that cycle of like you were awake, but yeah, not. REM floating. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Ex- I can't remember exactly what it said, but I remember screaming no. I knew it wanted me back. I knew that, but I screamed no because it said something, and I said no. And then I look over at my roommate next to me to make sure she didn't wake up because it was so loud, in yeah. my opinion. But she slept with a fan near her ear, so she didn't end up waking up, actually. And I just fell back asleep, but I will never forget that. I actually share that story 
every time I'm sharing my story. Right. Because um, I noticed this dual situation and God was like, basically, I'm real and the devil's real. And now what are you going to do about this? Yeah, so that was your point of your volitional will of saying, yes, you chose at that point. Exactly. And that's when after that point, I felt something opening up in my spirit that I can't. So I know now that first day was my day of deliverance. Mm. So I think we can all, not all of us, some of us is just a gradual point for right. me. It was like that day was the day of deliverance for me. Mm. And I think all of us, though, can, if we really sat down to think about what day was our day of deliverance, I think we could all try to come up with a day that really impacted us the most Mm. if we really, truly just sat down. Because even though mine was a lot more, like, dramatic, it was like, this is for all of us. And this is why I'm so passionate about praying over people. Right. Because this is how it happened for me. And I believe it for other people. So even though it doesn't happen all the time like it did for me, I believe it for other people because I believe that's how God wants to speak to people. And we just haven't believed it. Mm. So I think he's looking for people that believe in his word and what he wants to partner with him. Let's pause a second. If you are enjoying The Real Deal with Rachel in a way, subscribe, rate, and review it. I appreciate your support. All right, back to the real deal. And so that's when it turned. And then that's when I started hearing God is after the deliverance. I could hear him clearly. Like I could, it was like he flushed all the demons out of me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I could hear Mm -hmm. him. And I was in my room and I would just hear him speak to me and I would write it down and be like this poem. Yeah, yeah. And I would be writing these poems in in my bed Mm. and it was it was amazing and I couldn't every time I would hear these words being spoken to me I couldn't go to sleep or I couldn't like not not write it down yeah that's how we started to flow out yeah so for you to preserve actually if you think about it because now you could have a record if you ever wanted to go back and read it right Neat, neat so yeah that's actually one of the ways I I've heard God is um he'll He'll give me this idea or this sentence or whatever, this poem, and it just is like ruminating in my mind and I and I have to write it down. So that's one of the re- ways you, you, maybe God is speaking to you yeah, and you just yeah. don't know. It's yeah, like that's if something such a fair isn't, thing to bring up. Like mm-hmm. write it down. You yeah, just I mean? write, write it down. Like you're supposed to write it down. That's one of the ways God's speaking. Exactly. And if you can't just go to sleep and you have something on your mind and whatever it is, just write it down. And that's what I did. And that's how he started speaking to me. Um, and after teen challenge, I mean, that's when, I mean, that's when I was just, I was just so on fire. I wanted everyone to know about God. I had this dramatic experience with the Lord and this change that happened that, um, I wanted everyone to have the same thing as I did because I knew he was real I think that's really what it came down to. I knew he was real. And I and I, I experienced the love of God. He in like when I yeah. was like the worst sinner, he came and expressed his love to me in such a tangible way that I didn't want to see anybody live this life without knowing that love. Wow. So right? Yeah. So I'd walk in bars, I would like talk to people about God like I was I had no I I was just so I had no fear right about very unleashed totally and I think it was so fresh and that's why we have to keep being filled with the word of God every day so you have that freshness yeah and that because fear can come in in such a fast way which I've realized, you know, now, you know, from that point on now, I mean, it's not been rainbows and butterflies. Like, I've really had to wrestle through some things of my past, of sin, of all the things that I've struggled with and strongholds. God, you know, he peels you back like an onion. He reveals one thing at a time. He's just so loving like that. And so he's brought me to people that... um 
like understand this whole thing yeah. to help me right. because I think right. when I was growing up in the church, a lot of many of the believers just didn't understand like what we're battling against. So once we're in a in a in a situation where we can get a group of us together and just you know understand what we're battling against we can take on the enemy yeah like and step into the true authority exactly so that we almost don't battle it anymore but exactly go past. You know, exactly you know I mean? like, literally mm-hmm. the authority over it exactly instead we're of free. running from it mm-hmm. exactly we are yeah. free and and so i just have a different outlook of you know my life and just how god wants to see people he wants to bring freedom and he like he's a god of deliverance i know him as a god of deliverance a god that breaks strongholds and so that's how i see god and people have different perceptions of god of how they relate to the lord because of our different giftings so for me he came as a god of deliverance and power right and so for me, I want to see that power manifested in yep. other people. Yep. That's my, my heart. That's my fervor. So he's given me the gift of healing mm-hmm. and sometimes prophetic words for people. So that's where I go into. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know. Because you can't not have your experience. It's ex- your experience. Exactly. And so then it catapults you into your destiny, your purpose, because it's yours. Exactly. And you really own it. If you're trying to do mm-hmm. something else. It I know, fit right. I know, and that's such a great point because I God's think we try to all of it. Mm-hmm. Somebody else sees him as loving, father, and kind yeah. because he is. He is, but he's also a deliverer and he's powerful. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And, and we, we all we, come together, we reflect the multifaceted yes. parts of God. It says in Ephesians, so it's like, oh, that's great, right? Yeah, like a multifaceted yeah. diamond. You turn it this way, it's got. Oh, wait, there's a different part. You reflect something in him that I don't, and I do, and then it says the angels learn through the church wow. about the multifaceted manifold wisdom of oh, God, yeah, all the eyes, right? Those... Like, isn't that cool? Just a thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yes. this zeal That's you so have weird. comes from, uh, your testimony. Yes. That you can't have the zeal you have now. Had you not had those experiences, it's not like you love them all, but boy, it's part of it. What a redeeming thing to go forward in it. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's made me just not be afraid of the drug addicts, the prostitutes. It's not, it's made me unafraid of what, what people think of as like, oh, I don't want to touch that. That's like too much. Like that person's too far gone. I look at it like, oh, that person's going to have an amazing story. (laughs) This might be the moment. Yeah. Right. This might be the moment. moment. Yeah. Totally. So so I'll share my story or I'll say, hey, do you want to do you want to like I know God will touch you do you want do you want to um, I don't even know how I phrase it sometimes it's so different with people like how conversations are started and every time I mean most of the time I pray especially for people who don't believe in God um, they like one woman had a vision she saw angels and she saw a bright light and she felt just all this peace afterwards another lady her back was healed um and there was some warfare she saw some demons and another woman i prayed over she actually manifested um on the ground and just all these sorts of things though that that um, we're a witness to the power of God and to his love. And I think a lot of this is just a witness to that God is real and that he loves and he wants to deliver. And I think that's where my heart is. Mm-hmm. Like, I want people to know God is real. So when I pray for people, I just believe that God's going to do something, whatever it is, because he knows what he knows what's going to um, be beneficial for them. So I just have to do whatever he's doing. Right. Co- cooperate with his process and go where he's yeah. going. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's interesting because there's somewhere in uh, maybe the very beginning of the real deal where it says real people, real stories and a real God. Yeah. And I love how you just encapsulated <laughs> yeah. that, like that. This is my story. Those are the real people. I'm the real person. And I figured, figured out he was real. Yes. And then that's totally coalesced into your actual purpose and your ministry and your life. And by the way, I think ministry is a big, big word. Like it, it all is. Comes, like mm-hmm. doing dishes and taking kids through a carpool is still your ministry mm-hmm. because it's part of what you do now too. But I just love your heart for people. And I do like the part about nobody's too far gone or too messed up or, you know, stay away from like old Testament, the leper, 
you know, unclean, unclean, and everybody flees, you know. Right. And right. Jesus comes and reverses all of that. He goes toward the leper because you're not going to get on me. I'm Jesus. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And the believer mm-hmm. contains him, yep. has him. These people are not going to influence you. You're going to go um, with your zeal and influence them. So that's way cool. What a great cool. parallel. It also reminded me of when David, he ran towards the giant. He ran towards the giant. Yes. Goliath. And the, any any giant you're facing in your life, run to it and Amen. know that the Lord wins the battle. And I think we a lot of times put pressure on ourselves as 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 believers and I'm one of these people where I'm like, Oh, I got to see this healing. I got to see this. I got to see this, but it's the battle is the Lord. Just run to it and he's going to take care of it. Um, so good. Yeah. Don't be afraid. We need to stand in these days because as the days look darker, the light's going to overtake the darkness and it's going to be, we're going to be just a city on a hill with all these lights and 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 people you know we want to have what other people want and in their lives so we really have to be awake um we have to be getting up early in the morning and that's been one of the things i've been been convicted of stirred for yeah yeah um just getting in the word and praying and just um, being prepared for what God has yeah. for for the day, um, we just have to be awake, yeah, and yeah. ready to you know take on whatever God. And it could be big, small, whatever. You know, I'm a mom, so we're just not zombieing through life. No, right? No, wake exactly. up, or sleep. Or scripture says, you know, yeah. like wake up to your purposes, wake up to your life, yeah, wake up to the glory that you contain, yeah, that's yes. in you, yes, you know, yes. and not shy away from it or disbelieve it or even think that's not true, right? Like with a religious right. mindset, we don't own who right. we are. Exactly. So, is there anything else? The whole big deliverance thing. Is there anything else that helped you move from a spirit of religion or trying to behave right? Yeah. And just believe and go forward. Is there any big other thing or is just staying in the word like other people? Yeah. I guess I don't know, but you've grown so I know. much. What was that? Just feasting and eating and praying? Yeah. Or Yeah. I mean, this was so one of the things I do think this is something I need to talk about just because it's overlooked in the church. Yeah, tell me. Because um, I think, yes, like. I think this is really for the church, honestly. Yeah. Um, the the church overlooks a lot of the pr- prophetic and the tongues, and they just overlook a lot of these gifts. And so I just, I never understood tongues. Like, I never understood what that was, and I would kind of disbelieve it or kind of make fun of it. But over the course of several years... I heard God saying, I want you to have tongues. I want you to have tongues. Yeah. And I just, and I didn't understand what that was going to be all about. But I had a neighbor at the time, this is in our old place, our, and she spoke in tongues. And she, she, we would do these Bible studies together. And she said, you're going to speak in tongues today. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so I'm like, well, I want tongues. Yeah. So can you pray for me, you know, to receive the gift of tongues. And she prayed for me and I didn't get it right away because I was getting kind of afraid and like just kind of nervous. And she was just, she just said, spirit of fear, get off of her right now in the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden my mouth just started to do this weird stuff. (laughs) I mean, it got really heavy. Like some people don't, you know, witness a like a natural in the natural like feeling, but I did. Yeah. I, I, my mouth got really heavy and I just started to speak this stuff coming out of my mouth. It was, it was tongues. It was this other language. Right. Right. And I didn't know what I was saying and it was so amazing. And then at that point I was doing some of the, some of the same pulling of my hair and that kind of thing. Cause once I, I was delivered from that and then it came back because mm. some things happened and I was very anxious and I started to redevelop those bad habits and stuff. So I started doing that and then after I I started I had that experience I was filled with the spirit if you want to call it that I was filled with the spirit of God. I didn't do that. I stopped pulling my hair out and 
I was like on cloud nine. It was like and that was metaphorically re- really in the natural. Yes. Stop. Well, yeah. it says it's because it edifies yourself. Yeah. So you literally were being filled to where the anxiety and the stuff that would cause you to do that had no space. Exactly. You know, totally. And that's why we have to keep our vessels filled. Yep. Um, and so that was like the a refilling from mm-hmm. when I, from like five years prior, six years prior. And I was just, and that's when I actually started laying hands on people mm. and I would see people falling over in the spirit and doing all this amazing yep. things um that that's that power of a god again that was being yeah. de- demonstrated to you yeah and i the and now and i know big for you yeah yes it was it was like in the bible they laid hands on people and when they spoke in tongues and or prophesied after being filled it basically empowered them to do ministry mm-hmm. and so if you want to do ministry but you feel like you are just kind of stuck or you don't know where to go, or there's something missing, and you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit, I really encourage believers to seek somebody who will lay hands on you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because it is real. It is so, so real. And it needs to be talked about in the church. And it should be done at baptism in, in water, but it's it just, they're, it's just not. So, I've realized this and I can't explain it. I don't have all the theology background to explain this. I just know it's real. Yeah. And so this is how God spoke to me and this is what he, where he led me and it empowered me to go forth and start like his ministry of healing and casting out demons and deliverance. It's and the empowerment freedom. piece. It is. It, it, you know, I you can't... will receive power. Yeah, you might. Yes. You will receive power when the yes. Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll yes. be my witness yes. to do this, all this. So, you know, I've always been taught that the Holy Spirit is in the believer from the start. Amen. True. He's in the believer for me. He's on us right. for the actual thing we're going to go do. So that right. baptism is is an important part where it, he's on us so that we can fulfill those gifts of power and, and demonstrate him. Exactly. Right? It kind of activates us, uh-huh. if you will. Like, the Holy Spirit is indwelling in us, but there's something that happens when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And only God knows why. We don't know exactly why he has set it up this way. Um, you know, we just, it's just the way it is. And so all I know is that after that happened, um, it empowered me to do these things for his kingdom. Yeah. And I started to have this like this faith for it and and it it and it created this ability to really walk in my gift well yeah it's and a I, boldness piece that you don't yeah. have just by being just rebecca i don't mean just yeah rebecca, but you know no exactly and i i think i wanted to say that i think that was a huge part of like walking with god and being and immersed in him like when i'm battling or when i'm going through something i speak and i have my little flag i have yeah and i have and i speak in t- in the spirit i speak in tongues and it really has created this shift that's quick big time it, it, i can't explain it it's just it's insane and i and i just feel like the whole atmosphere shifting yes. and even though I may not see everything in the natural, I feel it. Like, I'm putting my will towards something. Yeah. And it's not always a feeling. There's the will, and then the emotion follows the will. So it's like, so I have this will I'm going to see happen. I'm praying into something in tongues. And then something comes over me like, oh, my gosh, something just happened. And so I just partner with that. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay. Right. It just happened. Right. I just have to receive it. And... Yes. And it and it's almost like there's also a time where you know something is is finished mm-hmm. or it's completed yeah. or something yes. broke or something's just done. You don't just keep charging up. You know what I mean? It's exactly. an interesting It wow. is. Wow. It's that's wow. cuz we're spirit mm-hmm. and 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 so we have to operate in the spirit and not in in the flesh and I and so I guess God has given me personally revelations to how this works in my own personal life. 
um, because we so want to, you know, do things in the flesh and just like mastermind this process right, of right. how Control to it, figure mm-hmm. it all out. What's the right Bible verse? What's this? What's that? And just instead of just resting in him and just be like, okay, God, what do you want me to do? So I'll do that. I'll say just like, hey, God, what do you want me to read today? And I'll open up the Bible and I pray into the passage that I just opened up to and I pray it through. I ask him questions about it. I, I just sit in that one little chapter Bible verses. Like, don't try to pound through the Bible. Just like, like just ruminate yeah. over, even if it's just one sentence. Yes. Like one verse, one yes, sentence, I a portion of a verse. Yeah. Chew on it. Chewing the cud, the whole, the yes. whole way that it talks yes. about for a, for a cow and it goes mm-hmm. to one stomach and then they, sorry, it's kind of gross, but they kind of like regurgitate it back up and chew oh. on it. And I think that's when the word becomes part of us too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We, like you said, you're not trying to try to do a whole chapter maybe or a, right. the book or whatever. Right. It, so that's really been uh, a way for growth for you as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a somewhat, I, I always have struggled with pa- impatience, but um, it's, it's been, it slows me down. I think we live such fast paced lives and we feel like if we just plow through something or we need to just keep reading the Bible, like through, I don't know, there's just the ideas, religious ideas that we've had over the years, um, that have crept in. And I just feel like God doesn't care if we haven't read through the whole Bible yet. He just wants us to be with him. He wants a relationship with he. Amen. There is so, and there's endless revelations in the Bible. I mean, it would take like a thousand lifetimes to probably even understand like 10 of those. I mean, there's just endless revelations. And that's why, you know, the angels of God, they ha- they can't ever figure God out. Yeah. Because there's so many revelations to him. And so it's like, just be patient when you're sitting with God mm, mm. and just just enjoy it. And this is what I'm working on. Just enjoy just that one cool verse that you just stumbled across and just sit with that verse. Just Just think about it. Just ponder it. You can ponder the verse throughout the day. Sometimes we just get in our own religious minds. And I'm only saying this because this has been a struggle of mine. Um, and that needs to fall away. So, That's a piece of yeah. deliverance as well. It Delivered is. from whatever the mindset that taught us or thought it had to be look like this, yes. smell like this, feel like this. Yes. Um, yeah. And I'm not doing it right if I don't do it X, exactly. Y, and Z way. Exactly. Exactly. You know? So... Just be patient with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, even yeah, it, it's it, even if it feels like something small, God is working something out in you. He's just kind of mm, that's he, good. He's he's molding and he's shaping and he's he's taking his time with us. Mm-hmm. You know, to get to that masterpiece of a of a of an of a picture. If you're an artist, you're taking your time with with your he's our maker he he's taking his time with us he doesn't want to rush through the process you know so why do we want to rush through the process right Right. so good so and when we're enjoying him uh we don't need to rush to the next thing or be out of this verse we can just be in it right that's so good yeah well i know you have a heart for uh younger people i know you have a heart for people who are I'm going to say down and out or whatever, yeah. but you also have a heart for just people in general. Could you, would you feel, co- I could talk to you forever, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Forever. This has been But would so you be great. willing to pray for whoever is listening today? Because Rebecca, I really believe there's divine appointments even to who listens. Yeah. And even if it's aired on a certain day, what if it's a year later when somebody runs across this particular episode? Yeah. It's still God's timing for them. Yes. Right? And yes. so on the other end, there's someone. And I want you just to pray with your spirit praying. So don't, you know, don't try to figure out what that is, but just whatever you welcome in your spirit, just pray over who's listening. Sure. And I would love that if you want to prophesy over people, whatever sure. you want to do. Yeah. Um, I, I believe it's been really, really good just to hear your story. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know half of that, <laughs> but I just love what God has done in yeah. and through you because of it. Yeah. You know, he redeems things. Yeah. And he takes and makes beauty out of ashes. He does. You know, and a garment of praise where there was a spirit of heaviness. You're just a walking 
you know, Isaiah 61, you saw me do that at the chapel with those young kids, you know, like there's a God of instead, instead of this, he does this. Yes. You're like that yeah. whole chapter right in front of me. It's so cool to see the insteads of God instead of what it was. It's this. It's it just is. really cool. So whatever you want to pray, and then I would love to just bless you. Oh, and, thank um, you. But thank you thank for being you. on The Real Deal and I just really taking your time. Will you come it. back sometime yes, maybe in the future for yes, another I will. season? Yes, one I will. Because oh, yeah. there's so much we could explore. Totally. Um, and yes. things that we're going to find out even more in the future as we mm-hmm. spend more time together that we either have in common or some another topic somehow. Yeah. But thank you for being real and vulnerable. Absolutely. Because The Real thank Deal you, needs to be real. Yes. And if you try to dust yeah. it off and shine it up, I just appreciate the way you told your story. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, absolutely. So I just mm. thank you, Father, for just this. I keep saying this this next generation of people, Lord. Um, Lord, even though some of us may not feel like our stories are significant, Father, there is something that we've all been through that will touch at least one person, Father. Mm-hmm. And so I ask that you would just activate each one that's listening right now in the name of Jesus. May you visit them. May you visit them right now. And Lord, may you heal their bodies. May you heal their minds. May you heal just their pasts and just know that they are here for such a time mm-hmm. as this. Um, you have chosen us for today. You have chosen us to be born when we were going to be born. Mm-hmm. You have a you have a special anointing, and you are calling each one of us to be a building block for your last days, church. I really truly believe this, Father God. And you are you are getting we are getting ready for something so amazing, so mm-hmm. so new. This mm-hmm. has never been done before. And we have such a great blueprint for the Axe Church, and you are also creating something new. So the the church that is rising up right yeah. now is going to be something that's never been seen before. Mm-hmm. And you are giving us new revelations. You are bringing us to new appointments. And I ask, Lord, that if anybody has lost a job, I just see like... Mm. People who are just in a lot of a state of anguish because they don't know what they're going to do, how they're going to feed their families, Mm -hmm. and they may have lost their job because they wouldn't get maybe the vaccine or um, they, um, you know, something happened where they got laid off. Lord, I ask that that job loss would have, is is actually something that's going to bless them because it's moving them to a yes, greater God. job. Yes, it's going to move them into actually their destiny, and that was holding them back. So in the name of Jesus, mm-hmm. I just pray and ask, Lord, that that would happen to them um, in the next couple months, Lord God, that you would move swiftly in this arena and that they would trust you with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, that yeah. you are their provider. And... And and may we know you as our helper. You are our helper, God. You are our provider, and you will see us through no matter what. You will send manna from heaven if you want to, God. And so I just bless the people listening, mm-hmm. and and I bless their children. Mm-hmm. Oh Lord Jesus, I am I have such a heart for the children, Father God. So I bless every little one um, in the house, Lord God, that they would be filled with your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Amen. Let me just pray for you. Is it okay if I touch you? Yes. Oh, Father, I thank you for Rebecca. I thank you for what you're doing in and through her. I thank you that you are a redeemer, that you are powerful, that you're a deliverer, and that you have been so on display in her life, God. And in the name of Jesus, I just pray, God, for more of what you want to accomplish in her life to happen. I pray for a spirit of acceleration over it, that things that would take years would take months, months would take days, and days would take minutes, God, that you would just accelerate her. And I'm just seeing like a a cape, like a red cape behind you. So for whatever that is, Lord, I thank you for the, the blood of Jesus that's over her, but I thank you for the superpowers that you've given her in the kingdom with that cape, God. We know it is you. We know you're working and that you're in her. And mm-hmm. I just pray for mm-hmm. everything that she does, Lord. I pray for her family. I pray for her husband. I pray for her children. I pray for her rest. I pray that you'd bless their influence. I pray that you'd bless their future. I thank you for her story and her past. I pray her relationship with her sister and her parents. Lord, that you would just bless everywhere she goes. And I also earlier saw bumper cars. So whatever mm-hmm. that means, Lord, whatever she bumps into, <laughs> God, I just pray that it would be 
just a blessing. And for those she bumps into that maybe need a wake up, like when you bump into the bumper cars and you're like, whoa, I didn't know that person was behind me. I pray for people to be alert because of Rebecca, that you would use that cape to help her to alert others to what's coming. And I thank you for what she's prayed. So just bless her. Thank you for her time today, God. In Jesus' name, amen. And I bless those of you who are listening. I just pray that you would just know that you're loved. And what Rebecca prayed over you, I just say yes and amen to. And I want to let you know that you are listening to this, not by accident, but by Mm -hmm. divine appointment. So I just want to finish with a prayer that my dad used to pray when I asked him to pray for the real deal. Lord, we ask you for all the people listening that you would help us to be the best we can be. And we'll thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Wow. Thank you, friend. <gasps> Thank you. This very, very, very it was good. so great. I was so, so nervous because this you is actually nervous? my, this was, well, this has been my first like podcast oh, and like, I don't share my story as often as I should. So you I know. loved it. I, Thank yeah, you. This is so great. Yeah, you did great. You're uh, awesome. You've been listening to The Real Deal with me, Rachel Inouye, helping people celebrate their significance and the genius of God in them. Audio engineering by my husband. Michael Inouye. Thanks, babe. Theme music by Andrew Grace. 